0: Welcome to episode 126 Courtside Indiana podcast. Joined this week, Nick Baumgart. Zach is still <laughs> girls soccer parenting. <laughs> Nick is with us this week. I think Nick's going to be with us a lot this spring and summer. He'll, he'll be here more than my voice will be. seems like the way I'm talking today. But um Nick, how how was your week, man?
1: That was good. Did you get the games? Um, no, I didn't go out. I was just I watched a little bit. Um, hmm.
0: Just watching. Yeah, I've got,
1: I've got big plans this summer.
0: That's good.
1: This summer, and uh um, might try to get to run and slam this weekend. Are you going up there?
0: Yes. Yeah, we're planning. We've already got our schedule. So. We're uh, we'll be in the thick of it. That's good. That's what we need. That's what we want. Kids How was your weekend? Uh, we went three and one. We uh, did not shoot the ball very well, but as I like as as I like to say, as as a lot of people like to say, this is not a line I came up with. Defense travels. We're defending well. Uh, we had a little bit of a breakdown in the second half of one of our games, but we still won that game.
1: Who's playing well for you?
0: Um, I mean, like kids that I think are changing people minds, minds are Jake Cherry's playing extremely well, He's shown a really improved motor. And, you know, while we are not shooting well as a team, uh, certain individuals are not shooting as well as we have, have they have in the past, um, look at the playmaking Dylan Moles has been putting on Spencer white, actually, actually Spencer. I need to move him up into the uh, he helped himself this past weekend category. He was way more aggressive than he's been, um, than he was the first open period. And just a concentrated effort to get downhill, make plays instead of, instead of just being, you know, a facilitator. You know, he still has good vision off the dribble and he is, um, He's a pass first kid, but it, but he's got to be a pass first kid and, and a downhill kid. He's got to be able to get in there and make plays and put pressure in the defense. And and we we do a lot of things with you know big to little exchanges, ball screens, handoffs, uh, t- uh, touch passes, boomerang passes, whatever you want to call them. We call them we call them boomerang passes. Um, where basically you're just giving it, you know, you're passing it, and you're in, and you're cutting off the pass, you're cutting. You're cutting to the ball and making the defender make a read. And, and Jake Cherry, Jesse Ferris, those guys are really good at, at being the, um, the ball handler in that situation. So making, this, making the decision and if you, you know, they keep it, they're able to score. So it's been a nice addition to our offense, even though that we're, uh, we're not shooting the ball very well from, from three. It's weird. Thoughts on this. We, we played on a court all weekend that had a college line and an NBA line. And I've got three kids, especially, who are used to shooting a good three to five feet behind the high school line. Now, all of a sudden, this past weekend, we're shooting three to five feet behind the NBA line, and almost everything was short. I think that's a legitimate reason, or did we just shoot the ball poorly?
1: No, that's for sure. It's legitimate. I mean, I think anytime you're used to playing with, you know, like a high school floor or maybe a college floor, but. If there's too many lines, yeah, it, it's just I don't know to me. Well, I mean, yeah, it just I, seems chaotic. It just it just makes your brain a little
0: it's it's not too many lines, it's there was no high school line.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: I mean yeah, this court where we, you know when you play remember, you know, you play down in Louisville, you play, remember the old Eddie Ford stuff. He had the college courts too, but but back then the college line was the high school line. So if people who are unfamiliar. I would imagine if you listen to this podcast, you've been in these venues, the, the convention center venues where the courts are old, the good, you know, the wooden courts are old courts used probably primarily in colleges that have since been discarded and purchased by these venues to use for bigger events. You know, there's, there were 50 courts in this event this weekend. And. Some of them are sport courts, but our games were all on these wood, nice wood courts. But the wood courts have college lines and NBA lines, and they don't have high school lines. And we did not adjust well to that. So, uh, But luckily, we're, we were pretty physical defensively this weekend, and, and uh, we, we, we got through it. But um, the, um, this weekend, we're going to play games on regular courts, high school lines, high school length. And we'll see. And, yeah, it would be nice to know that our guys could shoot from well beyond NBA range. But, but a lot of it is such – when you're such a finely tuned athlete as some of these guys are with their shooting, I mean, you know how much work some of these guys put into it. You've posted some of it on your on your Twitter. Uh, you're, you're used to doing things even beyond your required limit. You know, like Moles has taken 700, 800 shots a day it's right. not like his toes are on a three-point line right you know beagle i see beagle's workouts he's working in the barn up there where he does a lot of workouts it's not like his toes are on a three-point line he's a good four or five feet behind that line most times now all of a sudden it becomes a visual discrepancy because you have these not that you have the extra lines but you have the extended lines and what is what is a great shot normally is now a questionable shot and then you add in a little bit of a longer court and their legs are a little bit more tired. And I don't know, at that point we're making excuses, but, but we, we won the game and that's, you know, that's a primary thing because we want to have a good record going into July, especially with this NY2 LA tour. And we, you know, we want to be in that top division and we want to um, I'm not sure how they're going to divide it when they get to their final stuff, but, but we want to be in that, in that discussion. And um, no matter how we slice it, winning looks good. So our goal is to win and have individual success come as a result of our team success. So we're doing okay. We have a big weekend this weekend and uh, we'll have some good NAIA and division two schools out and hopefully we'll continue to uh, turn some heads. So, but um, Gavin Welch is also playing pretty well. I think he's probably been our most consistent offensively.
1: But, six uh, five Newcastle kid, right?
0: Yeah, a little taller than that, but yeah, 6'6". and yeah, him and Spencer are really good. And I and I the, the the thing I like about the point guards we've got Moles and and Isaac Higgs down in your neck of the woods and Dijon Craig is we don't turn the ball over a whole lot. I mean Dylan's averaging I think one point four turnovers per game, and I think the other two are right at two turnovers per game. And we are um, we just right now, I think as a team, we're averaging just over nine turnovers a game. So that's not bad. That's not bad at all. So pretty pleased with that type of decision making and just got to get back to hitting shots. And I guess the good news is we can win close games. So (laughs) we won two. Two one possession, or well, we won two one. We won one one possession game, one two possession game, and then one game. One of our wins this past weekend was like 18 19 points. I can't remember how bad you get beat. Uh, I think we lost by 11 or 13 to Atlanta All Stars. Okay, they're a very, very large team. Learn quickly how short we are here in Indiana, seems like. Let's get to the recruiting part. Get the recruiting update. Since last week, we've had one, two, three, four, f- six commitments. And uh, maybe had a little bit less than a dozen offers. Let's start with the offers. JJ Loudon from Crispus Attucks. A lot of these are still seniors. It's amazing how many of these kids are seniors, but gets an offer from Weber State or Weber State, sorry. Blake Jacobs from Northridge gets an offer from Holy Cross, the NAI version. Uh, Antonio Lisenby gets a junior college offer from Northern Oklahoma. Hunter Johnson from South. Nope. I'm skipping that one right now. Jack Benner picks up, right? His first division one offer. Correct. From Liberty. uh, From Brownstown is a really good sophomore guard going to be a junior guard. Probably going to be one of the state's leading scorers next year. Uh, Jacob Zazovsky from Lake Central picked up a Bethel offer this past weekend. Blake Jacobs also picked up an offer from St. Xavier, which is an NAI school. St. Doughty from Ben Davis picked up his first Division I offer. I think it's his first one. Sorry if I'm wrong on that. Uh, he's um, got
1: a uh, Sienna.
0: Sienna. Okay. He picks up an offer from Miami of Ohio. Coach Steele there with the offer. Landon Babuziak picks up two offers, two Division II offers this week Quincy and then Emory and Henry. And then Garway Duall from Carmel picks up a Division II offer from Southern Indiana. Of course, they're transitioning into set, they're into Division One, so we probably need to get the definite timetable on that and change our database on that stuff. Well, oh, so. like next
1: year, I think. Is they're it next year? Next year.
0: Yeah. Commitments. It's a,
1: a Division One offer to me. Yeah,
0: it is. Yeah, you're right. I agree. Keon Thompson committed to Massachusetts only a couple of days, maybe not even that long after receiving the offer from UMass. Josh Wack from Carmel uh pick, commits to Wabash. Uh he'll he'll probably score more in <laughs> in college than he did in high school.
1: uh Wabash has got a really good class coming in.
0: Yeah, they do. They've they've done well. Um they've done <laughs> they've done very well. They obviously got to the national championship game or semifinals this past year. Did, 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 not get the, did not get the job done, but but still impressive. Yeah. Still impressive season on their part. Cole Herrett from Hanover committed – that, or from Floyd Central committed to Hanover. Jonah Lucas, two walk-ons this week. Jonah Lucas committed to Marquette as a preferred walk-on. Zach Reed – I'm sorry, Jonah Lucas is from Harrison High School, West Lafayette. Zach Reed from Berbuff committed to Bellarmine as a preferred walk-on. Um, both those kids are seniors, so um, – not real surprised how quickly Keon Thompson committed to UMass. That was his best active offer, and it came in, and he was off the board in a hurry. Um, do we think prep school helped his recruiting at all? No. No. Yeah, I don't either.
1: If anything, I think it hurt it, because I think it it, it created that seed of doubt. Why did he leave? You know, yeah, a lot of coaches, I, they said, why did he well why why did he it just it just seemed more dramatic, I think, than anything. Well,
0: I, I think you've got a couple it too with a noticeable improvement in the spots your weekend. Look, Keon Thompson is a wonderful talent. And in in a the, the more he is I mean, he could be a lot like Carson Edwards, right? Who went to Purdue, played at Purdue, had a cup of coffee in the NBA. He could be that guy. That undersized shooting guard who's kind of a high volume guy, but can definitely get cooking. I mean, I would anticipate Keon being able to put up impressive numbers at UMass. But for him to get the offers that he wanted, which I'm you know, I'm assuming he's waiting for high major offers, he was gonna to have to be a point guard of his size. And he just he's I mean, he's I don't think he's selfish, but he's a reluctant passer. He just, it's kind of a last resort for him. I think a lot of that is vision. He's wonderful in transition, seeing the floor, but in the half court, it's um, it's he exhausts every option. I think but, he's
1: also got just got that just scorer's mentality, and yeah, it de- really depends on your definition of what you think a point guard is. And I know we think uh, more as 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 it being a, a definite skill set, a definite you know. A lot of guys try to try to mix that, right? You know, well, he could bring the ball up the floor. Yeah, but but when I mean, Keon Thompson was averaging like 33 a game, like that's like a scorer's mentality, right? At a well, 4 that's eight true. school.
0: So. so the question then becomes is how much of his scoring at Meriville, especially, would would translate to college? You know, I'm dealing with that with a couple of kids I'm coaching who are trying to expand their game. And the, you know, and the issue is look, it's great that you're using this time to expand your game, but it's in one case specifically taking away from what he's really good at, which is being one of the best shooters in the state and talking about one of my wings and, and he's trying to drive and score in traffic. And it's, 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 um, it's not something he's going to do at the level he wants to play. And he is being recruited at the level he wants to play because he is a tremendous shooter. Um, now use the word recruited loosely. Yeah. Cause he doesn't have any low D one offers, but, but we have had some schools and looking at him and, and he's got to kind of adjust the point where we do want to use the summer to expand their game, but we want to use the summer to expand their games in areas where they're going to be successful in college. So these a Thompson, guys, in a Thompson's case, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a scoring point guard. I've coached scoring point guards, but I've also – but you've got to be able to to be able to easily make those – the proper reads that, you know, sometimes are prescribed.
1: You got to know when to go get yours and when 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 to get other people involved. You know, if you're yeah. a scoring point guard, right? and that's that's very generalized. But but you know, as far as what you were talking about about the kid who's trying to expand his games, be be great at what you're great at. Yeah, like just be great at, at what you're great at, and for so many of these guys they try to be oh i want to be all well rounded i want to have a mid brain no if you're a great three point shooter there's there's a program out there that needs great three point shooters just be a great if you know if you're a great facilitator be that like don't try to be something that you're not i guess and
0: what's changed and what's changed in the last 15 years is just the reliance on the three point shot for the better i think because it has provided an avenue you know, I'm going to be dangerous here to make the comparison to, to like a Duncan Robinson, but you look at it, even just going from, I mean, he started out at Division three school, so I think it's an apt, <laughs> it's not a bad comparison to, to have to see some of these kids that he was such a good shooter that became obvious that he could be a niche shooter at a high major. Maybe not obvious, but it became an option, and then it became obvious that he was good enough at it, and then it became an option that he could be a niche shooter in the NBA, and he's been successful doing that. I think he struggled this year. Uh, but I think a lot of that is they're changing the offense and how they incorporated Kyle Lowry. And a lot of the stuff that he would play off of Bam Adebayo is not as utilized as much uh, because instead of having Bam's man switch off of him, you've got maybe Lowry's man switching off of him. Duncan and Robinson
1: has proved himself at a high level. Yes. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And he's proved himself at a high level to be really good at, offensively, really good at one thing and that's and that's shooting the ball and so i think the 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 reliance on the three point shot has allowed certain individuals maybe not to be one dimensional but maybe to be one dimensional offensively and at least be a willing defender if not even not a better defender uh you know and it's um and it's not like these shooters today are just guys that stand in the corners if you've ever watched you know the way that Miami uses uses their shooters coming off a lot of dribble handoffs the bigs, and that's basically the modern game of basketball. Um, hey, can I ask
1: you? Can I ask you something?
0: Yeah, always.
1: What were your thoughts on Nigel Pack in Miami?
0: <laughs> um, I got Jim laughing here. It, it's four hundred grand a year. Is not change your life money. It's it's fun money. It's it's spending money. It's it's hopefully he's wise with it because this is probably the most marketable his name, image, and likeness is going to be in his life. Um, even if I he makes stop it, you, pause yeah. you
1: for just one second. Yeah, I think I would argue it is life changing money. Okay, because here's and here's why. But it, I argue. Won't, but it won't
0: it won't work. No, it, it,
1: won't. it doesn't. It here's, doesn't here's what here's what I why do you go to college and why do you play college basketball Well, for most kids well I would right say- to set themselves up for the future correct yeah but so just with go a- with me here just go with me here
0: all right just turn your gonna-
1: brain off and just go with my right but most kids do that right i it's mean it's going to end with the obviousness of the point but go ahead so what i'm getting at is nigel pack is is going to have eight hundred thousand dollars he's going to not only does he is he going to have that education paid for right that i'm well, that was already was paid for. so, right exactly but he's going to have some money and my my point is with his name and and, and maybe he goes on in place in the uh, professionally uh wherever europe wherever but he's going to have that eight hundred thousand dollars to kind of
0: yeah but that that money spends i mean you think of how many people but he gets, will, he's
1: getting his life off to a good start he's gonna well, have to make lots of more money down the road but my well, my point is that when he's young he's going to be able to buy a house he's going to be able to buy this and he's going to be able to get credit and things that young people you know I, I think we take for granted as we get older but it's just i'm just pointing it out I well, just, it's not life-changing money in the fact that he can sit back and well, that's what life that changes, life-
0: but that's what life-changing money is. Now, you're talking about... No, talking I think about, it's
1: life-changing. I think the process I'm talking about... This is deep, Jim. This is real deep. But, I understand, because we're
0: talking about graduating college without any debt is... And being is a up at
1: 800000
0: Hold on. Graduating college without any debt is a game-changer. There's no question about it. Yeah. it is. It is an Action. asset. It is an asset. And in some instances, it can be life-changing, but it's that's fleeting if you don't capitalize on it if you don't value it it's not um it's not wealth let's let's go
1: there that's life though you have to wake up every day you're only as good as as your last day i mean right
0: but those who applaud those who are of course praising this including the the guy that bragged about it on twitter that gave him the money it's the value in it is going to be what does he use it for that's going to be the value in it. If all he does is, and I'm not, obviously I'm, I'm, as I explain this, it's going to sound like I'm making it very binary. Either he has it all or he doesn't. First of all, he's not going to get eight, he's not going to get 400 grand. He's going to get much less than that. So he's going to get, he's going to have a large chunk of it, go to taxes. Um, he's going to have to pay. Hell, he have to pay taxes on that car. So that's, that's reality. So you start there. Um did he have somebody help him with the negotiations? Probably, maybe not. Um, I think most schools are handling that internally as 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 they are within certain, certain rules. But it's, that's the most he's going to make, barring, I mean, look, it'd be great if he could have an NBA career, it'd be great if he could have. I mean, I would gather, I would bet that most most NBA players, a vast majority of them, don't make four hundred grand a year in endorsements. There's probably oh, so
1: <laughs> your your stance
0: is a bad deal for Pack? No, 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 no. What I'm, I'm saying is I'm no, kidding. no, I'm not oh, definitely not saying it's a bad deal for Pack. I think it's no. I I just think that as everyone celebrates this you're like this is like mind bending shit i'm like it's not it's it's i mean maybe it's maybe it's perspective maybe it's not bad for some kid from from Lawrence township here i don't here. contrary to popular belief i don't have a ton of money i don't come from a ton of money um, but i did have an inheritance and i know what that inheritance was and i know where that inheritance went and i know where that inheritance inheritance is sitting so it's there when I get old enough to don't give up. you know what? I mean, it's, it, and even at that, it's not life-changing money, but it, you know, when I'm 65, 70, maybe, you know, and I don't want to do anything else with my life, but sit back and be the next Joe McDuffie just with not, without the minis, this you know, without all the baseball stories, um, you know, I'll have money to go, you know, I'll have money to go around and still have a car payment and still have a place to live and still be able to buy food and things like that. But, um, in the meantime, I'm working, but it's, it's not, it really isn't life-changing money. I mean, it's certainly a convenience and it's certainly if he handles it well, he can do good things with it. Just like I used to joke. I took, my father took better care of my mother <laughs> dead than he did when he was alive <laughs> because I was able to use some of that money that, you know, take care of her. I mean, they were divorced long before he passed away, but, but that, so that was there in lines, the joke, but, but it's, it's not, it's, um, I don't, I don't know how good it is for the game to have, I guess what bothered me was that guys out there bragging about it. Like, Oh my God, we're giving this guy the moon and they're not, it's, it's play money. And if it's not used wisely, that's why so many professional athletes go broke after they retire it's why so many people who win the lottery go broke, you know, soon thereafter. Sure. Cause it's, it's not how much you make. It's, it's what you do with it. Now you talk about getting into the NBA and you're getting into your second long-term contract. Now you're talking about generational wealth. You're talking about setting up, not just you, not just your kids, but your grandkids and maybe hell even their grandkids or maybe even their kids that's that's just a different level um but you know we don't need to get in the economics of it all because that i can go down that rabbit hole
1: it's not archie miller money no it's not
0: <laughs> you know we'll soon hear just, we'll soon hear about the first million dollar in, you know basketball guy um it may have already happened and i'm glad we don't know about it i don't um I don't care what these guys make. I just don't want it celebrated like this. Dude's setting Nigel Pack up for life or something.
1: I mean, yeah, guys. Guys have been making ask. ask Sean Miller. These guys have been making a couple hundred thousand a month. You know for.
0: Yeah. But unless (laughs) unless these guys end up, I mean, again, that money was for the name across the chest more than it was about the name on the back of the jersey.
1: Now it's unchanged. Yeah. No, I mean it's talking basketballs.
0: Nigel Pack's not making that he's not going to be making 400 grand a year in endorsements as a professional player. No, he's just not. And that's, and again, that's my point all along has been that anything along these lines of, of name, image, and likeness, it's, it's always going to be more about the, the name on the front of the Jersey than the name on the back of the Jersey. But
1: don't you think this startup company that they, um, that's paying him this money, isn't that just a, a front I mean, isn't it just a sham company they set up to be able to just funnel money through for endorsements? Um, isn't it like
0: a healthcare reporting? Are you talking about the company? The, the startup, right? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's a healthcare reporting company. I, as I understood it. Um, I I don't I don't know. I I don't think that it could have been, but I don't think it was. No, I mean, think about that—a healthcare reporting. Healthcare reporting. Okay. So yeah, but you're talking about the ability to be able to go in an app and, and communicate with doctors and communicate symptoms and.
1: Okay. So you think uh, it's a legit company?
0: Well, I mean, I don't know that that one specifically is legit company, but it definitely, the concept is a legit company. Okay. I mean, I go into, I go into my health and into, I mean, my health, my health account, my health is one word. And request prescriptions, request appointments, request phone calls from my doctor. And I have a, I mean, I've got a great relationship with my doctor. He was a, a neighbor of my grandparents before he was my doctor. So that does help. I think in my instance, maybe not, maybe maybe that's how it is for everybody, but I put in a request and for a prescription, which there's just one prescription that I ever worry about. Um, and it's, it's filled, you know, and I usually fill it twice a year. And it's just an antibiotic that fights uh, fluid in your chest. It's like a, almost like an anti bronchitis treatment. Cause I get bronchitis a lot. So, or can when I get sick. So anyway, don't want to go down that rabbit hole too bad, but, <laughs> but, the, but the, but the reality is, yeah, it's, it's a legitimate industry. I don't know if his company is a legitimate company, but it's definitely a legitimate interest industry. It's right. It's where the marketplace is going is You know, everything is going to be, you know, you're going to see less and less of your doctor and that's fine. I don't need to pay 80 bucks to have my doctor tell me I have a chest cold. I don't, I already know I have a chest cold. I just need, I just need the antibiotic that, that, that fights the fluid in my lungs, which actually is just a side effect of the drug. It's not what the drug is actually used for, but I mean, now it is, but it's not what it was invented for. So.
1: Hey, you still think uh, Logan Imes is the best, Point guard prospect in 23?
0: I do, but he struggled in the sectional.
1: Where's Burton fit in at? I know he's getting a lot of, you know. I, I, mean, top,
0: to I mean, yeah, top five. I mean, you're looking at. I talked to some people look,
1: this weekend. They, they really like him.
0: look looking at yeah. Ashton Williamson. You're looking at A.J. Dantzler. You know, I think those, some of the guys are some of the obvious ones who are, Dantzler's hurt again, which sucks. I don't know how serious it is, but he's not playing. Um, Probably not going
1: to play all July. From what I've heard,
0: you know, dancers going to have to show. Well, I mean, I think, I think AJ can guard his position. You know, look, I don't think there's any great players in 2023. I just, as, but the class is exceedingly deep.
1: But hey, you know, Joey Hart yeah. is leading the Under Armour Association in scoring right now. 26.2 through eight games, 42% from three. He's got some Iowa interest.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, he's, you know, I think he's a kid. There's, you know, there's some people that don't think he's a high major kid. I happen to think he can be because he shoots the ball so well. Again, it's, that's, to me, that's the difference maker. Well, don't you think
1: he gets, he gets really being from Linton, you know, if he was doing it somewhere else.
0: Well that's what the summer's for. You know, he's gonna get all, he's gonna get a chance all spring and summer to do it against better athletes. You know, he's gonna get a chance are you to be surprised
1: though that there's no there's no more I mean, you know, Lil no, has been pretty, you know, surprised.
0: No, because I think more and more schools are recruiting one year at a time because of transfer portal. And again, COVID. This is the first spring any of these kids have gotten exposure. Most of these kids didn't get any exposure until last July, even even the June stuff. I was way more successful getting guys watch us in July than I was getting them to watch our kids in June. I bet the only kids I had get exposure in June last year were Carmel kids. Which had way more to do with Carmel. You know, luckily, I mean, luckily, I don't mean it, you know, you will I don't ever want. Good fortune to be that somebody was injured, but, you know, Suter was in Pete Suter was injured last year. He didn't play in June. So that meant a lot of kids got an opportunity to step up and, you know, do things and kind of helped. But yeah, I mean I still have Iams as number one point guard right now, but. You know, he would, he's going to have to play better than what he did. In the sectional and and be more consistent
1: to me just kind of feels like a one and a half you know he didn't shoot great
0: well but he's he knows how to run yeah. a team Huh? he knows how to run a team and he knows how to make reads and i think the i think the concern with him will be is is where does his playmaking come from if he always needs a ball screen to get downhill and that was the thing in the sectional was, is he couldn't just
1: go make a play.
0: Couldn't go make a play without a ball screen. And yeah. I'm a big lover of ball screens. I'm a big lover of exchanges between bigs and littles on the court. So see, I'm
1: not, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those get out of my way and let me just go make a play. I mean, that's, I get that. think that's one of the things To today. I just feel like the game was kind of changed in that regard and it made it sound like an old head or something well but,
0: but no but uh, uh, zionsville he's the key guy so the defense is going to be geared to take him take that away that it, it, it's penn state he's not going to be the main you can guy say
1: that about a lot of, of anyway well, well true
0: but i got you know we also got to see burton finish over size and again i think like division, to see him against i think guys, he's division yeah. one prospect i just
1: Against better competition, no doubt. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think he's a better player than Travis Grayson, and as much as we, as much as we talked about Travis Grayson on here the last year, you know, during his senior season, when he when he finally got up against it, he really struggled. I don't
1: size think. was was a, was it a, was the yeah. thing,
0: and it will mm-hmm. be for Burton too. But Coach Rhodes has been touting Marcus since his eighth grade year, so. And it's it's coming to fruition. I do think he's a Division One prospect, though. So I don't. To me, there's no question there. But and I and I think his shot is taken. Is is going in the right direction. I mean, definitely is going in the right direction. I'm gonna. He's definitely one guy I'm gonna try and see this weekend. So, all right, man. Let's talk about some of these coaching openings. We didn't do this last year. I think we're going to. Well, we're going to right now. Right. Okay. Of course, a lot of this got derailed last night, right? Well, with Lawrence North filling
1: up, how did it get derailed?
0: Well, I mean, I I, part of this was motivation of talking about Lawrence North, and you know that by far was the biggest job open. That was filled last night by Chris Giffen, their their former varsity assistant and JV boys coach, and also more recently their girls coach. So how do you think
1: yeah. that's going to work out, moving over from
0: the girls? Well, I mean, Shane Sumner did it at Westfield and did it very successfully. Obviously, he's did it at a time when Westfield had the most talent they've ever had.
1: Yeah, Braden Smith and
0: Cam Hafner helped. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It helps. Um, Romac. But I think that you, you know, you, Westfield has a feel for what type of coach Shane is and what system he uses. And I mean, he actually changed. You know, a little bit each year as as those, his players evolved. That first year he was running a lot of blocker mover. And it was it was hard to guard. And you could see, you know, I was thinking, gosh, if he keeps doing that, you know, Braden would be really successful in that. He'd always have two bigs screening for him, blah, blah, blah. And he just sort of went away from it, which was fine because he just understood the talent and and you know, when as talented as those two kids are, and the you know, the the maturation of Romac. You know, they just they got more of a, a set-based, and, and let kind of just let Braden and, and Hafner cook, and you know nothing wrong with that. So, um, but Chris Giffen moves over from the girls' team to the boys' team at Lawrence North. Um, I, I think a lot of people we, I think a lot of people are applauding that definitely internally. Um, I don't think anybody's got too much of a concern as far as just his coaching. Um, he was he's, he's excellent on the girls' side. I know Kiefer trusted him on the boys' side for many years. I don't know that he took the girls' job thinking that was going to be his path to the boys' job. I don't know. Maybe he did. And I don't know if they decided to, if they even had a consideration to go outside the building. But but who, who who we were talking earlier today? You and I were. Who were you? Who did you think were some good candidates?
1: No, oh, yeah, that's it's your area. So that was my my. <laughs>
0: You, you, know, were gonna me, really did, you were going to ask me. were going to ask me, or was I going to ask you?
1: I was going to ask you. I mean, you're the expert here. I'm. I'm. I'm t- so my, what this did was it kind of wrote the chain reaction, right? And we were really kind of well, excited about the chain well that, reaction. Possibly, yeah. That's the
0: one. Yeah, that's the one thing that hiring internal does is it screws up. It screws up the domino effect of of these jobs, right? Just like when Carmel. When Carmel hired Scott Hetty, a college coach, and then, then they hired internally after Hetty left, it's like there's two chances for there to create this chain reaction of coaching moves, you know, and it never happened. You know, and Warren Central, when they hired DeAndre Davis, they, obviously he wasn't a head coach at the time, so that didn't create any voids. I mean, most of this discussion is, is the funds part of how are these voids created? Or, you know, how are these voids filled? And what other voids are they creating?
1: So let's so hypothetically let's just play this little game here. So if who would you have have looked at outside of the Lawrence North community to fill that job?
0: Well, I think they had they had think? another internal candidate. They had Jared Good, who'd been there for three years, a former former college head coach, longtime college assistant coach. Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know how heavily, I don't know how heavily he pushed it. You know, I don't I mean, it was, certainly wasn't a very long process, so it wasn't like anybody could get any momentum, but he would definitely have been an an interior candidate for that job. Um, I, my first phone call would have been to Delaney. You know, there's some value of getting into a public school system financially, especially in terms of pension, things like that. I don't know how cathedral handles that, but but I've always, I've had some friends that have coached at Catholic schools and, or private schools and, and as much as they love the environment, they also like the financial pluses of being in a public school system, especially a large public school system, uh, because they do have better, tend to have better pension situations. And so, but, but the first reaction was, I don't know that Delaney would leave this year. Like maybe next year he might leave, but I don't think there's any way he was going to leave this group behind with a chance to repeat. Right. So, so that was off the table. Other than that, I don't know. I, you know, you know, what are your thoughts? Who, you know, who would be some, you know, the sneaky well, SOB being me, I'd go talk to Joey Hart and see if you'd bring Joe with me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah because well, you know well yeah it's it's you know but i think probably probably at some point you know i don't know but i know probably shane burkhart would probably be interested was probably interested yeah i think he wants to get back to indianapolis i wouldn't be surprised
0: well i think we both know he does uh, but not not just for any job though and lawrence north isn't just any job no but i mean he's got you know but, but isn't shane from where shane isn't he from Northern Indiana, I mean, yeah. But
1: but his his daughter, his daughter and his grandbaby are are in uh, Indianapolis. And so yeah. that, I mean that's just.
0: But he's not gonna he's he's not just gonna leave Bossy just for the sake of leaving Bossy. No, or he's not coming up here just for the sake of coming up here. it has got to be a good no, job, and, and Lawrence North would be that job. So
1: Lawrence North would be that job. But anyway, you know, it's you know, um,
0: I guess outside of.
1: You know the the, the, yep. the kid from I say a kid, he's not a kid, but I like to think of him as a. I like to think of myself as a kid. I'm not a kid, uh, but the young man, the coach from Providence. Um, yeah, he's
0: not leaving that group either. Same same reason.
1: But my point is that you know there's a lot of really good
0: because he was rumored to be involved with Floyd Central, and he's just I don't think there's any interest there, and I think a large large part of it. Same reason as Delaney is he's not going to leave that group.
1: Yeah. Timing is so much of, of, of these
0: jobs. And Miller's from that part of the state.
1: Sure. But I'm just saying that he's somebody I would, I would, you know.
0: Is he even a teacher?
1: Don't know. Don't care. I mean, I, we're
0: we'll well, trying to win schools, basketball games here. Yeah, but some of these right? schools does matter. They, they don't always, they're not always able just to create, create openings. It's one nice thing about hiring Giffin is Giffin's already in the building. So um yeah, I didn't have any natural, I didn't have any natural replacements. You know, the rebuff opening, not to completely shift gears away from Lawrence North, but first thought there was Ron Moore from Ritter. Who that surprising. the that that Howard retire or that Howard stepped down?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, someone had mentioned that it was surprising that Kiefer was stepping down. I said, "Hell, I thought Kiefer was stepping down every every year for the last three years." But yeah, Todd resigning it or yeah, leaving Berbuff—that was a surprise. Not not bad timing. I mean, that's a good group of guys he gets to go out with. But be interesting to see where Todd. I mean, Todd made it very clear he's you know a chance to recharge and you know consider other things in the future. I don't think he's done coaching by any stretch, but I could also see Todd going down to going down to Kentucky where he's from and coaching in that area. And maybe, maybe one of those power schools down there comes open and he goes down there and takes that. And where's he from? He's from Louisville. Okay. His dad, his dad runs uh, one of those facilities down there. I could have seen Todd being an assistant, uh, being a head coach at Lawrence North. Okay. You know, if you if you'd have given it a few more days, could have probably ran with that rumor. Um. You know, I don't know. I don't know who else Lawrence North would have looked at. It. Any other ideas besides just naming like you know guys in your neck of the woods? I mean,
1: if, no, I just don't know who, who would have been interested in. I mean, if I was LN,
0: I would have wanted somebody relatively young. Giffen is relatively young. You know, I know, if, um, you know, Fisher Fisher's was intrigued with, with Garrett Weininger, his 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 age, his ability to have longevity there, his, his energy and his willingness to work that whole program. I think Giffen. Obviously, is going to be doing that at Lawrence North, which is not easy.
1: So here's here's the the moral of the story, yeah. or the moral of the exercise, right? I think they got a pretty
0: good hire. Yeah, I agree. Chris is Chris is excellent basketball mind. It's been a while since I've talked to him because he's been on the girls' side, but he's an excellent basketball mind. And you know, I think the the question's going to be is, will Lawrence North still attract the kids that? They've attracted over the years that aren't necessarily homegrown. That's going to be, and is it going to be able to keep those kids internal? The kids that are there, you know, the, the, you know, the hidden mystery of Lawrence township right now is they both just have one middle school where for a while they were, they both had one and a half middle schools and that's a lot of, that's a lot of lost opportunity to develop talent. Whereas Carmel has three middle schools. North Central has three middle schools. Fishers and HSE both have two middle schools. Um, You know, the the ability, Noblesville has two middle schools. The ability to to develop multiple teams of talent at the the middle school level is is a big deal. How do you
1: have one and a half middle schools?
0: Well, they had Noblesville, or Noblesville. Lawrence North had Craig which is now no okay, longer a school
1: half of them have them go to
0: yeah. And then they had fall Creek Valley. So the fall Creek Valley kids kind of pick and choose where they want, where they went between central and North Craig is no longer a school. So now it's just fall Creek Valley. Typically or Lawrence North kids were Belzer's Lawrence central kids, but we both know that especially LN attracts kids that aren't from Lawrence township. So, yeah. I I assume Lawrence is an open district, whereas Carmel, like places like Carmel, are not. You have to live in Carmel to go to Carmel. That's as much to do with resources as is anything.
1: Sure. (laughs) Otherwise, there'd be fifteen thousand kids going to Carmel.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, the academic and then Lawrence is a good school. Don't get me wrong on that, but, but, yeah, you don't want to wake up and have, you know, even 50 extra kids more than what you hire teachers for is a problem. You know, those are. Sure. Hold on a second. Being summoned. Um, any of these other jobs turn your head mishawaka we kind of know some of the names there mishawaka that's one of the big schools that's open um craig heatherly lee naylon there's a name from the past Bodie bender the head coach at Carroll flora may have been offered the job alex daniel aaron butcher former jim reamer assistant <laughs> former junior college head coach at um ancilla and then whatever the school in the Enid, Oklahoma is. I can't remember its name. Sorry, Aaron. Aaron's now currently the athletics director, Tippecanoe Valley. They've got, Tippecanoe Valley's got a lot of talent back. I wouldn't be surprised to see Aaron end up there as the, as the AD slash coach Aaron, who? Aaron butcher. Oh, okay. Used to be an assistant Indiana Wesleyan. Coached with me for three summers and and then took the Anzilla head coaching job and and really took them to places they had never been before. He's he did an outstanding job at his two stops.
1: They got some good candidates there.
0: Yeah, I think, I think Heather Lee played at Mishawaka. I mean, Lee Nalon obviously is a South Bend great. Um, Lee
1: Nalon is in TCU. Lee Nalon?
0: Yeah, as in. As in state champion Lee Nalon with with Jeron Cornell and the famous Bob Punter timeout that should have never been called for Valpo. And uh, Cornell stole their heart, sent the overtime, and they, they beat Valpo in overtime. What high um, school? South Bend Clay. All right, Clay. Alex Daniel, head coach at South Bend Riley, and I don't know where Heatherly is now don't know much about him other than he played up there.
1: Blake Wesley's high school coach, Alex Daniel,
0: Alex Daniel. Absolutely. Alex Daniel, a former player of mine. Is that right? Yeah. It's a good group. We could do a whole podcast in that group. In fact, they kind of want to do something. I'm just like, <laughs> like no one, the only people that care are us. That's typical. Well, I know. I mean, I'd be a good reunion. I mean, I would be up for a Zoom call with those guys. Alex hasn't said anything about it. It's been Dominique and a couple others. Maybe be a good Zoom call. I don't know if that makes a good podcast.
1: Floyd Central. You know, that job's pretty pretty interesting to me. They've got a really good younger group. And Caleb Washington's brother is a sixth grader, and I hear he is like nationally ranked. Good.
0: Yeah. Well, Floyd and Jeff both being open. When I mean, I don't know when the last time two of those three schools, New Albany included, I don't know when the last time two of those three schools were open. And I think the you know the, the logical assertion was that. Floyd central would go after Ryan Miller head coach of Providence. But again, I don't know that you, I don't know that you do that. It's not like you're talking about big time difference of money, you know, to leave. I mean, if Delaney wouldn't leave cathedral to go to Lawrence North, I mean, speculating of course.
1: It's more than money there though. I mean, there's there's, surely there. Somebody cathedral can.
0: Yeah. But I think Providence got good thing going on down there. I think they've got a good thing going on down there. Public school? Providence is not. No, it's parochial, actually. It's definitely part of the diocese. Sure. So who's Boon, who's Boonville getting? Is that, a, is that a choice job? Is that going to be a good job?
1: Well, they'll be as good as they've, they've been in a while.
0: Yeah.
1: I've heard some names. I, I just, That's I've pretty vague.
0: Heard...
1: Come on. There's, there's good. There, well, I mean, I'm saying there's, they're they're going to be as good as they've been in a while. So like, yeah. you know, you got Clay Connor, Cooper Eigner, right? Um,
0: I guess I just picked them that because it's in your neck of the woods. I mean, look, Berbuff, Central Cat, Lafayette Central Catholic, Floyd Central. I just you know, don't know
1: anything about Boonville yet. I've heard some names. Huh?
0: Jeffersonville. Those are big jobs, you know, and they don't really have. It's not as interesting. It's not as interesting of a a rotation. Like I don't know who's moving into these jobs. Like who wants Jefferson? Who wants to jump into Jeffersonville right now? Other than maybe Sharon. (laughs) Would Sharon leave Logansport that quickly to go to to go to Jeff? I mean, was he there a year? He's been there. Yeah, he's been there a year. I, I think the thing with Sharon is that there's been some times where there's been some flirtation with it, and I'm not sure that it's always been a two way two-way thing. I think maybe one time Jeff may have been interested where Sharon was at another time. How did this how interested. does his
1: uh how does his tenure at Madison how how would you grade that?
0: Uh the same was every other coach that's been through Madison other than Baumgart or other than Bullington. You're you're Baumgart, not I am. <laughs> other than Larry Bullington. I think Dicey I don't think Madison's a specifically a, a fun place to coach. Why I think they got a lot of? I think they got a lot of coaches in the stands, and I think they're in a rough conference, and and I think they have some. And although they may be leaving that conference, they may have left it already. I don't think there's a lot of realistic expectations for what that program has produced over the years. Now, could somebody go in there and dig into a feeder system and I mean it's pretty isolated that's the other thing is they don't get a lot of people rolling in there as good of a community as it is and it's got some beautiful areas i I was down there for a wedding last summer
1: sure spent, no it's I'm spent, with you i am been three days there
0: spent two and a half days there so um you know it's it's um
1: I'll throw my name in the hat you know you kind of put me in there you said you know bomb guard. there you well, go there you go. I don't see how it's not an appealing job to me. It's just you know, I for somebody who wanted to get in there and just really build a youth program and tell everybody to get lost, get lost. Like I don't need, I don't need your opinions. If you can't cheer for us, stay home. Well, yeah. I mean,
0: we what, the basketball game.
1: It's just basketball.
0: What's going on with your Vincennes Lincoln boys? How you do my how you, you know, do my guy Jordan Myers like that down there in Southwest Indiana?
1: I don't know what what happened there. You know, right? I would love to to. You know, I know they, they just
0: have no they have no talent.
1: No, I you know he wasn't set up for talent, and you know you can't make chicken salad From, out of anything but the chicken breast. Right. I mean, it's so.
0: and it's not fair to Jordan. Jordan wasn't going to turn it around in just a couple of years.
1: Why do you think he took that job in the first place? Do you think he should well, should have not
0: taken it? No, I think you should always take. I think you should always have aspirations to to coach at the highest level if that's what you want to do. That's I mean, not
1: what I mean, though. You know, not every job is the same, right?
0: Well, he may have. I mean, he may have misjudged what the talent was. I don't know how much he considered it. I don't. You know, I don't.
1: How much will that be held against him in the future?
0: Oh, I doubt it. I doubt at all. Nothing. I mean, mean, we went through that at Eminence, and McBride had no problem getting hired.
1: Well, I get that, but Eminence is is, was never Vincent's Lincoln, and Vincent's Lincoln, to be honest with you, was not very long ago one of the best jobs in in all of Southern Indiana. I mean, it was right. I mean, well, Vincent's
0: Lincoln, yeah, twenty years ago. But you know, people have lived and died since then. So, I mean, it's. I don't think that Vincennes Lincoln is Vincennes Lincoln anymore. Um,
1: but imminence was never
0: it, so. Well, well that's true. But I'm just But I love, I love the Eels.
1: Yeah, but I mean. Well, let's it put it this be way. Be Jordan's, first year,
0: Jordan's first year there, he was 10 and 13. Steve Brett was there, long-time successful sure. coach. Was 10 and 14 the year before. Josh Thompson ended there with a, now the head coach of Bar Reeve, ended there with a winning record. I mean, he left to take the Bar Reeve job. But there was a reason.
1: Yeah, and there was a reason he was looking through the door.
0: Yeah, because they don't have any talent. (laughs) I mean, you got to go.
1: He would be well served to leave now. I mean, that's another name that you could toss around for some of these jobs is Josh Thompson because. is Go back to to
0: Vincennes or go to Forest Park. No,
1: no, no. I'm saying like, you know, (laughs) I mean. If I'm looking, if I'm if I'm Josh Thompson, I'm, I'm I'm looking at everything right now because I'm I'm not really wanting to come back and play North Davies or But North Davies is well, three. Yeah, they're gone, but I mean, they're you're still gonna have to play them. It's still uh, yeah, that's no reason. But I, mean, I don't want to play I mean, Logod. I, I get
0: leaving it if you don't want to be in that sectional, but
1: it's not. It's just the 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 talent's going down. I mean, I think they're gonna be down this year. I don't know. Well,
0: that could be. Yeah, that I mean. But they've had an amazing run that they won't be able to duplicate for a very long time.
1: No. I just – if I, that would be my worry if I was Josh Thompson that I would get again. You know, you you don't want to get stuck somewhere. Just it's a little harder to win or harder to get out if you
0: – but, again, that's just my concern. Um, someone's touting Mishawaka as a soon-to-be state championship contender. I'm like, okay, let's, let's calm down, there, guys. Um, no, but
1: I mean, they 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 do have certainly get they get some nice talent in. Um, you know, I think again, if you work at the at the youth program, building the youth
0: program. When was the last time they won a sectional? So Chandler, Chandler Pribble leaves Eastern Pekin for Westview. That uh, Pribble's Fort Wayne area kid. So getting him up there is, makes a little bit more sense. Um, he did an excellent job at Eastern. Man, excellent- so you mean, Eastern Pekin, they have what? Jake Cherry? And- That's Jake, yeah. And Kay Jones was their leading scorer who's right graduated, but. I mean, not a bad time to leave. I you know, Jake didn't want to lose his coach, but but you know, that's the best team Peekin's had in a, in a while. And they're they're gonna be good next year. Right. But, you know, and if um they're gonna have a hard time replacing Cade's shooting, that's for sure. Right. But they've got some they got some kids that scrap and defend pretty well and, and Jake's pretty formidable. He's a good defender at any level right now. Proven that, which is nice. But he's um
1: how tall is he these days?
0: Six ten and long. I mean, he's rebounding, he's high pointing rebounds and keeping it up there and finishing, like just bouncing right back up. He's doing doing a great job. I mean, he's doing everything but tear tear the rim off the backboard right now. Um I think he's a low D1 kid. Just do.
1: There's so many in this class, this 23 class. It's amazing. It's not real top heavy. No, it's not. we talked about it, but it is so deep with guys who are like low, mid to low D1. It is impressive. <laughs> and so it's going to be fun to watch.
0: Any thoughts on Forest Park and Southridge?
1: No, I mean.
0: Any, hearing any names there.
1: No, you know, they've kind of played that kind of close to the best. Um Ryan, so you know, I don't know. I mean, I think Ryan Haywood is a name that you probably have to consider for at least maybe the Southridge. Yeah. I think you know, he's got a his son Cam will be a freshman. Um, I coached with Ryan a year at Princeton, he's a good friend of mine. I haven't talked to him about this, so this doesn't, none of this comes from Ryan or anything. This is pure speculation. So, but I think you know, Cam Haywood is he's about 5'10 now, one of the better players in that 26 class right now.
0: So, and we'll see, fr- if he, he's gonna be a freshman next year.
1: Yeah, he'll be a freshman at Lagodi. They don't have football, he's he's like 5'10, really good athlete. And you know, Ryan's brother played football at Illinois. Um, so it's hang on a second. Um, so you know, I think he's a name though. I think I think Cam misses football, it's not at Lagode, so they don't have football at Ligoti. So that could be a consideration for some of these jobs down here. Ryan Haywood, you know, he's had a really good. Really good run at Lagodi. He's got Peyton Bledsoe back. He's got he's going to have a nice little team back. Right, Parker Arvin back. Um, but outside of that, now the only other Force Park, Park's a school that usually that likes to hire from internally. Yeah, you know they like to they like the internal hire so. You look at going back, Tom Beach, Jeff Litherland, um, David Welp, even.
0: He's a Forest Park guy, so. Right. The – I wonder if, if, um, if Brad Dickey at Trinity Lutheran surfaces for any of these Southern Indiana public school jobs. That would be the interesting one. Not that he has to stick to Southern Indiana, but, but he's down there already. After spending four or five years at Franklin, took the they didn't renew his contract, and he took the Trinity Lutheran job. And I mean, he did okay with that group. Where's New Trinity Seymour. Okay. I don't know if Brad ever got rid of his house in Tipton or not, but the Morristown. Morristown would be a good spot. He could get closer to Indianapolis. I mean, he could also just, like I said, surface at any one of these Southern Indiana jobs. Not, not the ones by you, but I'm talking about the one like New Washington, Hauser. Yeah, yeah.
1: Southeast Washington, yeah. Yeah, South Hauser,
0: Indian. Pekin, possibly. Um, Central Catholic being opening. The Bruff job is interesting. John Avery is the only internal candidate there. Uh, Ron Moore from Ritter would be a good hire. Both those guys would be good for that job. Any other thoughts on?
1: Yeah, I think it's that, that rebuff kind of feels internal, like an internal.
0: I think so. Yeah. But it was interesting when Park Tudor went out of state, that didn't go real well. <laughs> and I, I hope rebuff doesn't go that route. I hope they don't get wowed by somebody that comes in from out of state that Obviously has a good resume, but that doesn't necessarily translate. I can't remember the guy's name. Shel, I want to say it was Shelton. Good dude, just, just really. I, mean, I really think
1: there's th- there's pros and cons to everything, right? But like, you know, there's there's definite um, value in knowing who, what kind of person you're hiring. Yeah. You know, you, if, you, if you hire an internal candidate, you know. Certainly if you're coming over from the girls'
0: side, you know, like Lawrence North. I mean, I think, I think Lapel is a job that's open. That's, I mean, I would say that is a good job, but it's, it's had some issues. Jimmy Howe, longtime head coach, long time head coach. Jimmy Howe leaves the mid, mid season last year because of all the parental stuff that was going on in there just decided he had enough you know jr was his son was the head coach at zionsville why not go enjoy that and he's old enough that he could just retire and go out gracefully and they bring in todd winland from sheridan who had a did a good job at sheridan last year but you know todd can rub some people the wrong way and there's some but todd i think is an excellent coach he was Carmel girls coach there. And it was, I thought he did a great job at Carmel, but he's, he's hard to, he can be hard to play for. Um. And I don't, I don't know that they, I can't imagine. I mean, he's from that area. So I'm not, I can't imagine they hired him, not knowing what his disposition was as a coach, you know, so big time, I mean, lapel that, that they share, a, they share a school district with Frankton and as stable as Frankton is lapel has been unstable. And I think a lot of it is because the school board and or administrators or whatever level it, it, it lowers to has clearly not shown much of a spine when it comes to dealing with, with parent interference with coaches. And it's too bad because lapels a growing community and should be a team that that competes on a yearly basis, especially with the good young guy, young players that they have.
1: How far is that from Indy?
0: Not very far. It's thirteen miles away from four sixty five. Oh wow! I mean, it's exit two thirteen or two fourteen, one or the other. So it's thirteen. What side of town? North. Northeast. I mean, it's effectively a. I mean, we, uh, there would have been a point Suburban where you would have said Fishers. it was a suburb of Anderson. <laughs>
1: The suburb of Anderson is what they're yeah, saying?
0: Yeah, that's what they – you would have said that a long time ago, but, yeah. Now it's solidly a suburb of Indy, but. Home of Jason Holsinger.
1: Jason Holsinger. Let's see how many one. more
0: Class of 2005 kids that I coach we can reference in this podcast. Alex Daniel, Jason Holsinger. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, Liberty Christian. Is that, was Christ- was that no, the
1: last – was that the last big time player at a lapel?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the only big time player at a lapel. Well, Barnheiser. Mark. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where Mark played college, though. How about that? I should know that, right? Like Auburn? Um, I
1: want to say Auburn.
0: We're going to find out. It is. Good for you. Look at you. Yeah, baby. So the last big-time player to come out of lapel was Mark Barnheiser. Look at you.
1: <laughs>
0: now, he didn't do a whole lot at Auburn, but still.
1: Hey. He played there.
0: Growing up, I used to play with him and Jack Routabush, who was a Fisher's great, like the original Fisher's, not the current school. Sure. And because Radebush Nephews were good friends of mine in high school. They they played at Carmel and we'd go play at Sunday. We'd go play Sundays. And basically with Barnheiser and Radebush out there, it, it wasn't really us. It wasn't really me playing basketball. It was sort of me just running back and forth because there wasn't <laughs> a whole lot of passing going on between those two. And they'd always play on opposite teams. And it just was kind of fun because, you know, at that, that age, when you're in shape, you don't mind running. Right. <laughs> Probably punch one of them now, but <laughs> if they did it that much. I say that jokingly. I've it's been a long time since I've played, let alone with with guys like that, but like that were good. But being, they could stroke it. It was fun watching them shoot. It was not fun running up and down, not touching the ball. But uh Yeah, I mean look, I just Morristown's a good Muncie Central. What, how, can we, when does Muncie Central get to turn this thing around? Man, I mean, I'm, I'm of the belief that the North Central Conference schools just need to be good.
1: It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to believe that, that you can't, can't just run into some talent there in Muncie Central. But it's just hard to believe you couldn't build it. I
0: mean, Muncie's a. It's got Come talent. On. A lot of those kids leave. Where do they go? Yorktown and Delta. A lot of them live in Muncie, like in Muncie and go to the, the, what you would have called at one point, the rural schools. Sure. You know, now they're, you know, Muncie is one of those, we we could probably do a podcast on the the migration of talent in the state and how a place like Muncie, which used to, you know, had Muncie North, Muncie South, Muncie Central central would always be good and south or north, but one of them would always be good. Maybe not both of them at the same time, but of course central was always good, but yeah, it's too bad. They have not been able to put anything together there lately. You know, and I admire Chandler Thompson, who was obviously one of their great, great players going back there and giving it a shot. He was an assistant at Lawrence North for a number of years, but I, I just can't imagine um, the undertaking that it would be required to get that done. All right. One last job. Any, la- any last jobs here? We really didn't break down for buff too much. You think it's just going to be an internal hire?
1: I could be wrong about that. You know, well, sure. Certainly. Coach Mort Ritter would be a good one. Um, There's probably some candidate right off the, but yeah, it just feels, and you said, who, who was their internal candidate? John John Avery. Avery. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised to see John Avery.
0: Yeah. I think that's without knowing his actual role there. I mean, I would say that's a good hire. I know he coaches in the summer and he gets gets head coaching experience there. Depends on how much school like that, you know, appreciates that, you know. I don't know if they require – I don't know what they require from a teaching standpoint. But I wouldn't mind seeing Fonzo White get get involved down here in one of these jobs.
1: Yeah.
0: He would be good at rebuff.
1: Yeah, he would be great at Buff. He's got experience in the, you know, Catholic. He'd be good at Ritter. I guess we didn't talk maybe about Blackhawk. Maybe we get a push going for that. I don't know. You know, with Blackhawk, no Fonzo. Let's before we jump on. Yeah, I think Fonzo really. I'd like to see him get something, and
0: I'd like to see him get back down to Indy. He lives down here.
1: Gotta get an Indy.
0: Yeah.
1: But I'd like to see him get a shot. As far as Blackhawk goes, it's really, it's just tough to know.
0: I understand that. I think it's going to be something internal.
1: Feels that way.
0: Yeah. I like how they've handled it. I like how they've. I'm sure it wasn't unilateral. I'm sure they obviously had an idea how they wanted to handle it. And Mark was okay with it. I mean, his with his cancer and how that appears to be going, which just really effing sucks. Um, But it's good to honor somebody like that when they're still around to enjoy it instead of waiting, you know? Um, I mean, it might be a little easier when it seems inevitable, but to, to make those decisions, but. But it's still good that they did it. And I'm glad he got to finish the year out.
1: When he beats it, do you think he'll give his job back to him?
0: <laughs> if he beats it, hell yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, when I, when I mean, he
1: beats it, when he yeah.
0: beats it. I mean, it's pretty I'm bleak. Still man. I'm still hopeful, but. Yeah. You know, having gone through that from a relationship standpoint, not to depress the audience here, but when you're around it it's kind of day-to-day it can drain on you too and you you want to do everything you can to be the, the the hopeful one in the room and all that but but um you know the quality of life stuff comes into question and and um you're like what what you know what what happens if you know when you do how you beat it. You know, it just depends. I don't know. It's, it's a rough scenario. Absolutely. I hope he wanted to beat it, come back and coach. That'd be, that'd be the best story ever. Even if he was, (laughs) even if he was an assistant, (laughs) I don't think anybody would turn that, turn that down. But
1: he's the perfect guy for that job. It's just going to be hard to imagine anybody
0: well they could Uh, they could easily give they could give it to jay sefton who coached before him yeah but my my point is just and i don't know that and i say when i say it's going to be internal from what i've heard i did not hear that it would be jay but i think there was some discussion that if they they couldn't come to any hardcore decision that jay would take it certainly on an interim basis you
1: know I just remember. I remember years ago.
0: Like first was maybe a sophomore, I your, your your audio is not sure.
1: So I you just remember you start.
0: Me. You start leaning back, and all of a sudden, things start hitting your shirts and your sweatshirt. You hear,
1: yeah. Do you hear me now?
0: Yeah, you're good now.
1: No, I just remember meeting him. You know, several years ago, and he was already a very accomplished. Um, and I was nobody, you know, and I introduced myself to him and he just always, he had all the time in the world, you know, he had just gotten beat, I think by, uh, by Trey Kaufman Silver Creek at, uh, Southport and they had loaded the bus and, you know, Mark, Mark took the time to sit, sit there and talk to me for 15 minutes. 20 minutes about his guys and about his team and about, you know, this and this. Anyway, good dude will be missed in the coaching profession.
0: No way to end it on a somber note, eh? Yeah. But it, you know, it brings us full circle. You talk about Beach Grove and how they channeled all of Matt's. You know, they, they they kept Matt English involved in their winning, which that was also a nice touch. And um, certainly, you know, those were all kids that he coached. Well, not all of them, but most of those kids were kids that he had coached at some point in their high school career. And, you know, I think Mike Renfro did a wonderful job of evoking Matt's name um, as often as it was deserved. because that's the program that i mean beach grove struggled to be consistent for years even when renfro was playing and matt had done some things there that hadn't been done in a while and for mike to get it over the hump i know we talked a little bit about it when we talked about the state finals but for mike to get it over the hump and then acknowledge matt as part of the process was was really nice so as someone who knows matt decently well so i not his closest basketball friend but we we coached together and and i appreciated it so matt english was the passed away from cancer after multiple multiple bouts
1: i was just for anyone that uh, out there that at home that i was just kind of asking like
0: oh yeah no that's that's fair I think most that listen I may not know the story. Yeah, you know. Yeah, most that listen would know, but hey, first time listeners, you know. True. All right. Speaking of which, let's wrap this bad boy up. Got some NBA games I got to watch tonight. Okay. Everybody that listens. You listen every week. We appreciate it. If not, Nick, what, what are, we, are you doing? What are you doing? Hit the pound that subscribe button.
1: Pound that subscribe button. What are you doing?
0: I know we struggle for topics during the off season. Uh, We'll probably get into some more recruiting with 2023 kids as it starts to get a little bit clearer. Um, Phone calls were made this week, which is nice early going, but I know some phone calls were made. I'm assuming they're not just calling kids to play for me. So that's good. Um, But uh, we definitely appreciate the audience every week. We are on. Spotify, we are on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, and we're a platform that we use as uh, Anchor FM. So we appreciate all that. Nick, thanks for your time. Join us again next week.
1: All right, my man. Cool. Good nice to see you.
0: All right, man, thanks.